Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. Today, it's a chat with Harley Revae from Deep Dish Digital in Saskatoon. Well, welcome, Harley, and, and thanks for chatting with me today. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. I'm a fan of your Come podcast. Oh, wow. You're the one that's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell uh, those that may, uh, anybody else that might be listening sort of uh, a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, I am uh, run my own digital marketing agency called Deep Dish Digital, and it, it on online marketing, so online advertising, website optimization, um, social media strategy, mobile, just the whole digital sphere. And um, I've actually been involved in online marketing my whole career since I graduated university in 1998. I built my first website, and it was a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of websites were were pretty basic back then, but you know, I created this website, and I got a marketing degree from the U of S, um, but I was working for this exporter of um, specialty crops and agriculture, and I was like, you guys need a website. So I built it myself in 1998, and I had to submit it manually to search engines and all this stuff, and it ended up being our best generator of new business from overseas, and it was like, this is where we need to be. This is where I want to be. And I just saw how powerful the internet was for business and communications. And I've ded- dedicated myself to the space ever since then. Wow, that was 1998. So you were right, um, like nobody had websites back then and you were already generating good leads. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Uh, well, you can't judge that website by today's standards. So I think it was a good website, Harvey. <laughs> Well, I think so. If it got you business, exactly, I had, yeah. had a pretty good return on investment. So, yeah, since since that day, I've worked for um, internet software companies and data collection companies and website development companies, and and now for the past eight years, I've been running my own agency. Well, uh, there's lots to talk about then, because uh, you're going to be a wealth of insight and ideas for us. Now, you're also um, one of the um, people who got uh, the idea together to start the Saskatchewan Professional Marketing Association, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's correct. That all came together around 2010 when uh, myself and a few others here in Saskatoon had formed like a LinkedIn group for marketing professionals. And uh, we just got talking and we got together and we decided, you know what, we we should try to make something more formal of this, because there up to that point there hadn't really been an association for marketers in Saskatchewan, or if there had been, it kind of was in you know fits and starts, and nothing really stuck. And since at that time I was starting my own business in 2010, I thought, well, this might be a good way to help me elevate my own personal brand. Uh, and and help network and build my profile in the community. So, yeah, myself and uh, three other women, Jill Sauter, Robin Taylor, and Jade Goulash, um, co-founded the association to get it going. And then um, we put the spread the word to see who else would be involved. And I think David, you were one of the first people who were uh, on our board. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Um... I I would be your first failure because I tried to get it started in Regina. 
<laughs> and didn't have uh, didn't it didn't catch fire uh, the way it caught fire in Saskatoon. But now it's it's going. There's a new group that are um, running it in Regina, and they're doing a great job. Yeah, you know, Regina has been um, a challenge to get a really good. Uh, Traction in, but in the last couple of years, we've had uh, some really eager people there who have who have put on some good events and some big events. So we're always looking to grow in Regina because we know there's a huge community there. It's just a matter of having boots on the ground, mm-hmm. and if you can have a few people, that certainly helps. Because in Saskatoon, we got a team of like um, you know eight people, it, and it's all volunteer driven. So it takes a lot of volunteer hours to make this happen. Um, so we're always looking to help grow it in Regina as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing I love, uh, well, one of the many things I love about the SPMA is, um, it's not just business communicators. In fact, there's a lot of private sector companies that have membership, like people, just marketers, uh, and it's not just advertising agencies or, or, um, like government communicators, although there's, that's represented as well. Why, what do you like about it or what are your sort of vision for it? Well, I like the building the community and networking uh, with other marketers because when it comes to marketing and, and communications, especially in a lot of um, the mid-sized businesses we have in Saskatchewan, small and mid-sized businesses, the marketing department is often a department of one. Yeah. Um, or or small, and so you don't get to network with a lot of other like-minded people at your company sometimes, or you don't have a lot of people to bounce ideas off of other than, you know, the owners or other executives. So the Saskatchewan Marketing Association is a great way to just rub shoulders, learn, network with other, you know, like-minded peers who are or facing the same challenges. And, you know, we can learn from each other and uh, support each other. So that's the biggest thing. I like about it. It's the, it's the sense of community. It's really cool. I'm, that's a Saskatchewan kind of thing, the idea that we uh, support each other. And I find that uh, is uh, plays across in the marketing community. Like um, whenever I reach out to other people, uh, whether it's through the podcast or through work, and uh, I'm just looking for, you know, how did you do that? Or, or what um, can you help me with something I don't know anything about? Uh, the community is really supportive. So uh, it's good to network for sure. Yeah, that's what we found. And uh, when we co-founded it, and I was the very first president, and I'm still, of course, an advisor to the the board. I'm uh, one of the only original co-founders that is still involved with the board. And um, a philosophy when we started it, and I still try to emphasize, is you know, a rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. So, which is the the whole thing around community and, and supporting one another and sharing things. And it is, you're right, it is a Saskatchewan thing. When you talk to some other uh, business people from other provinces, sometimes it can, it, it, it seems a lot less relationship-based or, you know, dog-eat-dog. Dog. But Saskatchewan people, I don't know what it is. We tend to be a bit more helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of being helpful, what's new in the world of digital marketing and uh what what have you what have you been seeing that's um caught your attention and that uh you're excited about yeah well you know online marketing digital marketing just it moves so fast so it's it's always changing and um 
When I first started my agency in 2010, you know, social media was all the rage. That was really hitting the mainstream. And of course, it, it has changed marketing quite a bit. Um, but I really focus more so on the fundamentals. And it's something I emphasize to clients is, uh, you know, social media is a component of your online marketing strategy. But um, what I think people should be kind of focusing on or refocusing on is is the fundamentals of having a well-optimized op- website, knowing your audience, choosing multiple channels that are going to reach them, um, having a good offer, and then uh, knowing what tactics are going to work. So there's a lot of hype out there right now, David. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's In the media, there's a lot of hype when a new tool comes along and you know how marketers and advertisers love to adopt new tools <laughs> well I, yeah i do and sometimes i'm guilty of it myself it's like you get excited about something and and then you forget oh well this you know i'm the only one really that's excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the only one who's using it right <laughs> or that yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh, from my perspective, what's going on in digital marketing is, you know, you, you just see a lot of hype and, you know, oh, now it's content marketing. And I, I find that interesting and, I, and I'm not um, against content marketing, but it's always been around. Yeah, yeah. Good content's always been around, but now it has this 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 moniker of, oh, content marketing's this new thing. Well, not really. Yeah. Uh, we've just given it a name. Um, and it's not something that should be used instead of what you're doing it should be used with and that's something that i I try to remind clients of is that digital marketing isn't necessarily um, something you use instead of traditional it's to be used with Mm -hmm. if that's going to work with your audience of course shifting things online can be more cost effective and trackable and all that but um Again, you have to think about the big picture and, and, and use it with your doing, not necessarily always instead of. Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, it's interesting you brought up content marketing. Um, it seems that it's uh, it, these different things uh, come, come in and they have a, a, tremendous, a tremendous amount of excitement as we all get excited about, oh, let's do content marketing. And then it's, we got to churn out a bunch of content and uh, it doesn't take long before you realize, well, we're just putting garbage out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that's the one thing you can, I, I, I'll see companies or campaigns kind of devolving into is, well, let's just create a bunch of content, some snackable content, some short videos. And it's like, well, where's the offer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or where's the value? Like, why or, yeah. Why would I read this? And we're always looking at that. I always look at that when, even when you create uh, an ad, a traditional ad, any kind of ad, would, uh, even an ad words, it's like, well, why, why would I care? Why would somebody want to do anything with this? And the content seems like it's gone to that point where it's like, okay, we're just filling this with keywords. and key- Yeah, so you have to be careful about that. And, and um, I... I am a fan of blogging and such. I used to do it once a week, um, but then I just couldn't sustain that pace. And now I, you know, put out a new blog every few months. Um, but it's tough work. Like content marketing, hoping you can use just content marketing 
and not amplify it with some paid media is very hard labor-intensive work that has um, returns that are long-term and not immediate. If you're looking to boost your smaller, medium-sized business right away, it certainly helps to put some paid media behind your content. Mm-hmm. So when um, when you talk about uh, the hype and separating the hype from what's going on, what kind of how do you how do you approach that, or how how do you help people do that? Well, I mean, I've tried a lot of different things. Uh, I see. I keep track of what the trends are and what, you know, clients often come to me. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, like doctors nowadays get really frustrated with people who Google what they think they have and come to the, yeah. <laughs> the clinic and say, oh, my God, I think I got, you know, some made-up disease they found on the Internet and doctors get frustrated. And so sometimes I feel that way as a marketer as I have clients <laughs> – I need Instagram now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like get me on Snapchat. My audience is my audience. My audience is fifty-year-old men, and I'm like, that's not gonna work. Um, hey, so, I'm on Snapchat. Never mind. <laughs> um, so you know, the challenge is again, you know, um, things get hyped up, and uh, you know, clients are like, well, we should be doing this because I heard so and so might be doing it, or I saw you know an article about it and. Wired Magazine, and um, it's just making sure you're still focusing on the fundamentals of what that client's problems are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what their message is and what their offer is. So, um, again, I, I like to stick to fundamentals of having a good website that converts because all online marketing should be driving people to a website destination, whether that's your website or a landing page. You have to get that right. Because if you don't, it's like sending people to a restaurant that's got bad food. They're not going to come back or you know, they might not even choose to eat. So you've got to have your, your website good and optimized and designed well. And after that, it's about knowing what your offer is. It has to be compelling. What's the value? Why would I pay attention to this? Why would I act on this? And then, of course, your audience and what channels are going to reach your audience the most effectively. If you're going after 45 to 55-year-old farmers, Snapchat's not what you're going to want to use. Instagram's not even really what you're going to want to use. So, you know, you're going to do your best using AdWords and maybe Twitter. There's a big farming community on Twitter. Uh, That might be a consideration. So... It's just about choosing the right things for your audience and making sure you got all your ducks in a row with what your content is. So coming back to the website and and having that, you know, working for you as far as the destination, what what kind of uh, things are you seeing uh, that people aren't doing that maybe they should be doing? Well, of course, there's the whole mobile first Mm -hmm. approach, which... Um, is, of course, becoming more and more important than ever as people, you know, use smartphones and mobile devices as their primary method of accessing the Internet. So, you know, a a mobile responsive website, um, mobile-specific website is is pretty important. So that would be the first step if you were creating any new web property to make sure it works well on mobile devices. 
How how big is that? Let me because because I'm still getting people that are saying, "Oh, our website sucks," but you know, we're we're it's a it's it's a thing that we're going to be doing in the future. How important would you say it is to just suck it up and get it done? Yeah, well, very important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I don't really build websites anymore myself. I focus more so on getting people to websites and or optimizing those websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this isn't a plug for my business at all because I don't really build websites. I just optimize them. So, but I still think having a really good up-to-date mobile optimized website is key again it's where when it comes to online marketing and a lot of marketing these days even if you're doing it through traditional channels people are gonna search you out on the web and check out your website it's one of the first things they're gonna do yeah yeah so that experience has to be good or you're gonna lose them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then moving on to kind of uh figuring out uh the offer do you help do you help companies do that or what you know how, how to how to bring forward their business well most of the business i work on david is uh it's mainly sales focus and uh you know direct sales i don't do a lot of branding mm-hmm. work um so when when i say offer it's kind of like okay well what what's what is it exactly what's the offer in itself like is it a sale is it uh you know um uh, a special offer is it a free giveaway you know something like that um that's how I, I, i'll help companies develop that it's like okay well we don't have a strong enough offer to create an advertising direct action campaign around this so that that in that way, I help them with their offer, not necessarily forming their brand message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when, when, um, is that, is, is, is that, does that work well, um, for companies like that? Um, uh, cause I know for sure, uh, uh, a branding online is, is challenging. It's difficult whether you're buying display or whatever it's, you know, it, it's hard to measure, and uh, it's hard to get emotional without video or something a little bit more impactful. Mm-hmm. Are you having good luck with direct sales or direct offers online? Yeah, for the most part, because it's quite measurable, especially if you know a person can take an action, right? Mm-hmm. A call to action on that website or submit a form, make a phone call. And all that stuff when I've been doing campaigns is tracked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can show from A to Z whether your efforts are generating leads, inquiries. And so I've been really into tracking that stuff lately because that's what clients want to see. Um, so I found it effective. I find um, direct marketing uh, through social media or AdWords uh, quite effective and measurable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it all depends, you know, there's different marketing content that works at different stages of the marketing funnel, right? If it's if you're trying to create general awareness, it's not going to be so much emphasis on the offer. It's going to be a bit more about the brand and um, information to help people understand your product or maybe help them self-identify that they might have a need for it. Uh, but I always include uh, an offer in a campaign that ends up being having a call to action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And do you do you try different different things within a campaign? Um, sometimes it depends on the the scope of the campaign, uh, but more often than not, the offer is going to be uh, a sales call to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes there's like, hey, uh, download this free guide or something like that, and that can help in the earlier stages of a campaign where it's more awareness building and you're trying to nurture some possible leads. So I, I have done that in the past. I work for a, 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 a home builder here in Saskatoon called Lexus Homes, and we've done a whole content marketing campaign where we've produced online guides on you know how to plan for building a new house and the typical costs you should budget for in a new house. And these, these are well-produced guides, and they get a lot of good downloads, and then we are generating our email list from that. And then from those guides and downloads, we now nurture those emails. And in the home building industry, people will generally – build a house within six to 12 months. You have about a year time frame to, to land them as a client. Mm-hmm. And so we nurture them along. So you get them interested because they're thinking about building a house. So then they download our guides and then we have them as part of our newsletter and we have a automated email schedule that will send them such and such emails after such a period of time that tries to keep moving them along that path. And then we'll, um, at certain points, we'll, we'll send them a, a specific offer, right? Private tour of a show home, or maybe there's a special deal. And then with our online advertising, it's always trying to get people to the show home and, or, or, or give us a call when they're, they're ready. When you, oh, go ahead. No, that's it. When you talk about um, some, creating something like that guide or a piece of content like that, is that what you refer to? Uh, you had sent me a note about uh, an acronym I hadn't heard before, OAK, and uh, creating some evergreen components. Could you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my own kind of made-up thing. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so tell us what it is. Yeah. Well, again, focusing on you know your marketing fundamentals uh, – the evergreen components of a marketing campaign. And when I say evergreen, that's stuff that's going to remain relevant today and tomorrow into the future. That's why we call it evergreen. You've probably heard the term, David, evergreen content, right? I have, but I'm, I'm curious to know how you're applying it. Like, what is it? Like, evergreen content would be, I guess, a brochure that, or a, a piece of a video or a, uh, like a guide that you had talked about. In- yeah, but it, it would be relevant regardless of what the trends were or if it would be relevant today and tomorrow. Um, so it would be like uh, evergreen content would be 10 best hygiene practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Brush your teeth every day, exercise regularly, uh, you know, bath regularly. That's evergreen. That's stuff that's always going to hold true. So um, that's the best kind of co- content you can create. Uh, because then it has longevity on your website, and it'll, people will always be searching for it. Mm-hmm. Like, so how I tie evergreen concept into my marketing approaches with clients is rather than getting caught up in hype and what's next, let's focus on the evergreen fundamentals, which I, co- I call OAK for short, which is a little play on the word of evergreen. So OAK is focusing on your offer your audience, and your key performance indicators. Now, key performance indicators is a bit of a business management buzzword. Um, 
But basically, it's like key performance indicators means how are we going to judge the success of this campaign or this initiative? So um, O O is the offer. Like what are we offering? What's the deal? What's What's the call to action? Audience is who are you trying to reach? And the amplification needed to reach them. And then your KPI, key performance indicator, could be, well, we want to um, move so many units or we want to increase inquiries by X percent or, you know, we want to um, drive more traffic in store. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my oak approach to things and, and focusing on those three things when developing a campaign with a client because it's really easy. And like when we saw each other last week, David, at the marketing panel is – there's so many metrics out there mm. that you can get hung up on and that clients can get hung up on when it comes to click-through rate and views and website traffic. But those are fine to be aware of, but it's not necessarily where you need to focus your efforts on. Like just because there's an increase in website traffic doesn't necessarily mean that you've made more sales. Mm-hmm. So sales is the KPI. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's it's so easy to get lost in the data, and there's so much available that um, you can even um, you can you can even just find find uh, companies that that uh, just spin their wheels because they're continually getting more excited about that piece of data than the one they were supposed to be looking at yesterday. How do how do you manage that, or how do you help people with that? Any advice? Well, again, it's. Um you know, focusing on the fundamentals and trying to keep it simple in regards to what you want to achieve. Um, I have some clients that really love tracking every piece of data, um, but if you're not using it, it's not helpful. So I always ask, you know, why are we tracking this? Are you going to use it? Are we going to be able to use this piece of data to make decisions? Mm-hmm, yeah. Is it going to provide any insights? If it's just kind of nice to know, then I don't really think that's a good enough reason. Because it takes effort to track these things. Well, and it can confuse you. Like you can sort of uh, put too much weight behind something that's inconsequential. Yeah, so something I'll, I'll often say to people who want to track a lot of different things is we have to be careful that we're not drowning in data without being floated by insights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of my job as a, as a marketing consultant is to help clients and help people make sense of this data, right? That's where I feel like I can add value is I'm the one who can actually pull insights out of it. But even even myself, it can get confusing and I don't know where or what to say about it. So I prefer to just, again, focus on fundamentals. Sorry, I got, I distracted myself there when you started talking about data. Back to Oak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, That's what of, data does. Yeah, a lot. It's just like <laughs> your eyes go blurry and you see a bunch of numbers and spreadsheets. It's like, uh. I hadn't made the connection that you had with Oak and Evergreen. I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> now, uh, do you... Um, Evergreen content is so interesting because uh, you you really don't know um, what what the success of that piece will be uh, for for quite some time. Like sometimes I had done a slide share on branding years ago, and still uh, it generates um, interest now. 
Uh, yeah. How do you how do you um, set those KPIs when you're really unsure about like this might last for five ten years? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a bit difficult in that case to set KPIs on it. I mean, and with any piece of content, it's tough to know whether it's going to work or not, mm-hmm. even if it's not evergreen, even if it's really topical and trendy. Um, you have a better chance, but it might be short lived. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just, it's about thinking about, okay, well, what kind of things will people always be interested in? Or what? how can I approach this topic from a, a long kind of term perspective uh, that stuff will a- always hold true? So when I produce that evergreen content, uh, I hope that it's something that will just continuously come up in search engines, right? It'll it'll help you get found. That's mm-hmm. usually the main KPI of evergreen content is that it will continuously help you be found when people are searching for that. One of the most popular blog articles on my website right now is about how to add Google reviews to your website, hmm. okay? Because Google reviews are like so important or they get used a lot by people, you know, online reviews – are used a lot and Google makes it very difficult for you to take a Google review you'll find within the Google ecosystem and actually embed it on your website. So I had found a method to kind of hack and do that and I mean that that seems to be something that a lot of people are looking for mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> on, how, on how to do. Now since I created this this article and found a, a method of doing it um, Google has once again changed their formula and it doesn't work. So, but I've left the blog up because it still gets me traffic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just have to cross out because I was just going to say, how do I get this? going to go to Hartley's blog. <laughs> do, you, um, do you invest or recommend a fair investment in that kind of content? Like thinking that it's going to be around for, for quite some time. Is, is it uh, a good practice to maybe consider making sure that it's, 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 uh, I guess that you've invested as much as, uh, you should in making that content lastable or lastable, (laughs) everlasting. Yeah. Well, I think if you're, if you are developing a content marketing strategy and, you know, uh, content is going to be a big component behind your campaign, then I would suggest you focus on, uh, spending more effort on creating this evergreen content than a bunch of small, quick hits. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, yeah, you can really hit a trend, but uh, I would put more effort into longer, more valuable evergreen content than a, you know, a bunch of short videos that are, you know, maybe fun or you know, pithy kind of things that are flashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you always want to have a little bit of a mix. You need some sparkle to catch people's eyes. But um, people go on the web for two reasons. One, they're trying to solve a problem. Or two, they're being entertained. Everything can be put into those two buckets. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to, to, to solve a problem, you're trying to learn something, or you're trying to waste time. Uh, if you can combine those two, if you can make your content informative and entertaining – well, then you've really hit the gold. Um, and uh, I'm not saying I, <clears throat> I always do that, but it's certainly something I strive for. Uh, when I create content or when I consult with clients, it's like we got to 
you know, make this somewhat entertaining if we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. In um in in all your years at this now, Harley, what's what's some of the best advice you've you've heard or received? Hmm. That's a really good question, David. Um, some of the best advice I've had is if you take care of your clients, they'll take care of you. Mm-hmm. For that, and that's from an agency perspective. Yeah. Um, well, business perspective too, for sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not one that always um, is – Pitching the latest tool or what's hyped up in the media, I focus on what is really going to work best for my clients or for my business, and I focus on that. And it's it's really easy to get distracted with all the new bells and whistles online, and when you hear about this new social network that's coming along, it's like it's very tempting. But again, you have to does it does it pass the the bullshit test, you know? Is it going to stay? Is it relevant? Is my audience there? So um, I'm kind of a a traditional-minded person that way. I I like to focus on the basics. If I'm helping my client, um, I'm going to end up being in business for a while if I always put their interests at heart. Harley and traditional digital content. (laughs) What's that? I said the traditional digital uh, <laughs> agency. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should rebrand myself as. <laughs> it, it'll, it, it might work. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to wrap up, Harley, I uh, really appreciate um, uh, you, you chatting with me. And something I ask everyone is sort of uh, lessons learned. And uh, what in digital marketing, what are, what's the biggest lesson you've learned lately? Well, certainly things are always changing, um, but some things also always stay the same, and that's uh, having a good offer, knowing your audience, and knowing what success looks like. So regardless of what tools and what things are happening, if you always focus on having a good offer, knowing your audience, and defining what success looks like, you should be able to have a successful campaign. Good advice. Great advice. How can people um, uh, connect with you or, or find out more about Harley and Deep Dish? Yeah, well, my website is deepdishdigital.com, so you can find me there. Um, I have quite a big social media presence, too, or big. I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Instagram, so you, know, you can find me just by searching Harley Revee. Um, and also, uh, the Saskatchewan Marketing Association, if people want to check out saskmarketing.com, they can go there and see what the association is about. Um, they can become members if they wish, but uh, we, the association takes a bit of a break over the summer, but they come back uh, big in the fall. Usually, there's a big September kickoff, and we hope to have kickoffs in Saskatoon and Regina. Uh, but yeah, if, if the listeners out there are interested in learning from others and being part of the marketing community, definitely check out saskmarketing.com. We'd love to have you involved. Thank you very much again, Harley. It's been, as always, a delight chatting with you. Hey, thanks a lot, David. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.